So I'm delighted to be joined by Ollie Cron, Head of CSR for DPD. Ollie, would you like to uh, give yourself a more formal introduction and, and, and introduce us a bit to DPD, obviously a, a brand we're all familiar with. Thanks, James. Um, thank you for inviting me onto this podcast. Um, I'm Ollie Cron, Head of CSR, as you've said. I've been with the business nine years, coming to CSR in the last 12 months, so prior to COVID. Lucky to be promoted into the position and be part of a massive, uh, ambitious strategy to sort of move forward and be leaders in uh, clean, sustainable delivery in the UK. And with the business, you know, it grows double digits every year in volume. We've seen huge growth, obviously, through the lockdown period. We are now seeing over a million parcels a day um, through the operation, and that would have been our peak volumes in previous years so we're now dealing with that every single day of the week and we're fast approaching black friday now um, and our peak this year so on our busiest day which will be the 2nd of december the tuesday after black friday we'll be delivering over 2 million parcels so huge growth massive challenge the, the growth we've seen this year is, is what we see over a three-year period so it's it's huge and we have not failed our high service levels in that period we've coped with that volume um, the network have worked tirelessly to to really hit those targets and we have opened 10 sites in the last six months only two of those were actually planned so we've had to react very quickly uh, to this uplift and we've recruited over 3,000 drivers uh, since June, ready for this peak period and this growth. So, so huge movement in the business. Brilliant. But those are some pretty serious numbers. You're talking about sort of three x annual growth. I picked out in there. That's that's uh, fairly scary sort of stuff. Um, you obviously mentioned the lockdown, etc., and that's had an impact. And uh, maybe we'll come on to focus on that a little bit more uh, later in the interview. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is your your green program. And if you do go to the DPD website, that is something which is obviously you hold very dear as an organisation. There's a fantastic page on all, all the stuff you're doing in terms of the sustainability aspect. You know, the, the goal is to, to be the greenest delivery company on this planet. You know, what are the programme's uh, uh, mission? What is the programme's mission? Uh, and what are the objectives? So, James, back in February, before coronavirus and the lockdown period and all this craziness, uh, we changed our, we had a three box strategy in our business. It had been our, you know, the centre of our, you know, our being in DPD, our DNA for 12 years. Um, and that was to provide the best service, use the best technology available and retain, develop um, the most customer centric people within the business. And in February, we released uh, a fourth box, a fourth pillar to our strategy. And that was to be the UK's leader in sustainable delivery. And by doing that, that's brought it into the everyday part of our business. Every department, every nook and cranny of the business is involved in this now. It's not just my team, my you know, and CSI. It's not just our responsibility. So, you know, with that, you get everyone's buy-in, everyone is engaged in this strategy, and everyone's part of it. Um, as I previously said, I'd been uh, a depot manager previously, and when we were getting our electric vans delivered, it was amazing to see 
the behavior of drivers, you know, knocking on my door, wanting to be the next person to drive one of these vehicles, which is great to see, you know, the enthusiasm and, and also the engagement from the public when they make a delivery with an electric vehicle, you know, and people just stopping them in the street, asking them about it. You know, it's, it's fantastic to see both the employees and all our staff members, our owner drivers, service partners that deliver for us, and the public being so engaged in the topic. Tremendous. Now, of course, the programme isn't exclusively EVs, but uh, would you believe that might be our primary focus? Um, so, so we know you're building the largest, or you may already have the largest all-electric delivery fleet in the UK. I understand you have already hit your 2020 target and exceeded it uh, in terms of 10% of your, your fleet being zero emission. Can you give us a bit of an overview of the challenges you've had, certainly in terms of, I guess, vehicle availability is a big one, and how you've, you've uh, looked to cope with the, the, the challenge of charging those vehicles? I think, um, you know, just to highlight that it's not just 10% of fleet, it's 10% of fleet in every depot. So we haven't focused on just the urbanised, easy you know, locations, we've gone across the board. So it doesn't matter if you're in London, uh, Leeds or Lincoln, you know, in a very rural environment. So we have achieved that in every part of the business to the point where actually to achieve it, we opened our first urban logistics site in Hull because the, the depot that services Hull is actually in Gould, which is about 28 miles away from the city. So to do those deliveries on one charge was going to be very, very close to range. So we opened a site there. So all the drivers are there. We have several feeder vehicles that go in. So actually, we've expanded the amount of electric vehicles that can deliver in that city now. Um, and we're delivering over 600 parcels, zero emissions in that city. So, you know, we've overcome those obstacles. With vehicle availability, Predominantly, our fleet of uh, 719 vehicles uh, is the Nissan ENV200, which is a small vehicle, but the availability and the cost of it was always easy you know, and affordable. Um, luckily, at the start of the year, pre-COVID, we had ordered 100 man ETG 3.5 tonne vehicles. So the typical diesel vehicle that yourselves will see around the street are Mercedes Sprinter 3.5 tonne vehicles. We need that size vehicle in the EV form. So we ordered 100 MANs. They did not even manufacture it right-hand drive. So they had right. to import them into the UK and change them to right-hand drive for us. Wow. So we have those on fleet now. Um, but in the, in, in the time since, more three-and-a-half-ton vehicles come into market. So when they come on board... We trial them. We're trialing the Mercedes E Sprinter at the moment, the e w um, VW E Crafter, the Maxus Deliver Nine, which is the old LDV brand, and and these are the size of vehicles that we really need. That's the challenge because what we don't want, we we could buy huge amounts of Nissan ENV 200s, but we'd have to have like twice or three times as many vans mm. on the road to deliver the volume that we need to deliver because. It's not just the small packages, you know, in these, the, these vehicles need to be flexible so we can deliver the larger packages be, uh, and also be efficient, you know, with that as well. So that's the challenge. 
what we did originally to hit the 10% was we looked at the low hanging fruit, the low mileage routes that are in residential areas that typically the smaller parcels that can be easily loaded on these vehicles. And that's how we achieved the 10%. But the big challenge now is the bigger vehicle and the charging infrastructure, as you said. In fact, I think in the next, our next challenge will be the charging infrastructure, not the availability of these vehicles. What we have done uh, with PodPoint um, is that we offer our service partners, we call them owner drivers. They lease their vehicle from us or purchase their own but we will pay for the charge point. So you've got the 350 pound OLED grant, and then we typically pay 350 plus uh, towards it as well. If they have off-street parking, obviously, yeah. which not all of them do, we will have that, you know, you guys will survey it, install it at their home. They, It's theirs then, we don't own it, we don't, and ask for it back if they leave the business for one reason or another. You know, it's theirs to keep. And if they moved house, they could apply for another one and we'd put it on there. That's one of our main sort of ways of incentivizing move, you know, the transition over to electric. Um, but with that, there are challenges. Places like London, you can't afford, you know, a property with off-street parking. And that's where we have to rely on depot charging but more so public charging access mm. because a depot will not be able to, to charge 200, 250 vehicles overnight. It's just not possible. Um, and the logistics of that, as well as the sort of the capacity in space as well, is a massive challenge. So we really need the public charging or more rapid charging potentially. Mm. Yeah, I think you you know you've given a really good overview of the challenges there. I think in in terms of uh, those who can charge overnight at home, obviously you you that that might be classed as the low hanging fruit to some extent. Then uh, the depots as well, but yeah, the kind of scale you're getting to here, um, you're sort of pushing the bounds of this, I guess, in in, in many ways. Um, it's also great, I guess, to hear that the availability of the vehicles is starting to come because uh, yeah. certainly in the van space, uh, it, it's been something that's been a little bit behind the cars, I would say. So in, uh, I'd like to move this on to talk about your role, I guess, outside DPD immediately. So uh, in terms of, uh, I, guess, uh, I guess, in terms of your own business development, so many businesses are now looking to move towards a more sustainable uh, approach. Um, and you can really help with that in terms of sustainable supply chains, et cetera, and helping your customers achieve their own sort of environmental and sustainability goals. Do you see that as a key, I guess, a key um, uh, tool in, in securing new business? I, I think so, James. I think more and more people, uh, you know, companies, um, and the consumers uh, are obviously thinking more about the impact of their purchase. What does that business do to help the environment? You know, packaging, delivery, etc. Um, we are working with customers. They they approach us, and we we approach them about uh, definitely circular economy is a big piece. I think that's something that everyone should be looking at. Um, we do actually have um, an initiative called Relove launching next year. Um, it's working with ASOS uh, at first and when you get your ASOS delivery what you'll be able to do through the DPD app is ask to donate if you've got old clothes 
Um, the amount of clothing that goes to landfill is horrendous when you read about it. Mm. Um, but you can donate your old clothes to one of five charities and we'll collect it and then send it on to the charity. So it then goes to the charity shop. It, obviously, it's all being reused and reloved. Um, but it's also helping charities because, let's face it, in this period especially, charities are, are suffering massively due to the fact that people aren't able to really, I don't know, participate in mass events and raise loads of money for, mm. for them. So, you know, it would be a great win for us to get that, you know, going next year. It would be fantastic. Yeah, indeed. I guess also charity shops, I would have thought, is, is a destination for a lot of those clothes. But in the current environment, I, I think it's well, those obviously be, won't be able to open, et cetera, and we won't be able to get those clothes to them. So that's a, that's a really, really great scheme. Um, when you go onto the DPD Green Programme uh, site, there are there's a, an infographic, which is sort of nine steps. The ninth, mm. I think, is news. So uh, yeah. I believe there are sort of eight elements, as it were, to the, to the Green Programme, one of which is electric vehicles. And obviously, we, we've mm. given that some, some focus for obvious reasons. Um, but there are quite a few others. Do you have any favourites? I think the Eco Fund is one of my favourites. We all our used shrink wrap in our hubs, instead of being thrown away um, or just you know picked up and recycled via our Veolia contract, our waste provider, um, we sell on. We bundle it. We sell it on to a company that then breaks it down, creates new shrink wrap. So again, circular economy piece. But the revenue generated by that, we don't put it back into our own pocket. We put it to one side into our eco fund and through the website, um, people can uh, apply for a donation of up to £2,000 um, for an, a sustainability eco project. You know, we've donated over since February over £140,000 to 90 good causes you know schools doing anything from like growing vegetables planting trees having like an eco warrior team to make people children more aware of you know recycling and all the sort of ecological um, issues uh, to community projects and even eco startups you know so it's great to see that especially when you get some feedback there was one actually there was a letter sent to Dwayne McDonald our CEO from one school and it was a, a school um, that specialized in uh, disabilities and, and learning behaviors and they had been trying to get a donation not you know just in general for four years and then we gave them the two thousand pounds and they've it's made their day because it's they've been able to build the sensory garden that they were waiting for for four years you know so when you see something like that, it really makes your day, you know, it's something different. Um, it's, it's not about parcels and, uh, you know, it, it just it puts a smile on your face, especially obviously in these challenging times as well that you've really made a difference. So for me, that's, that's massive. But look, they're all, uh, the whole website and everything we do is like, they're like my children, you know, all those objectives. So, you know, I'm very passionate about all of them, you know. Tremendous. Now, you, you mentioned some of the, the challenging times, so we're going to focus a little bit on those challenging times. Uh, so the, it's lockdown, lockdown time again uh, in the UK mm -hmm. as, we, as we speak. Um, 
So in terms of your own operations, um, what are the changes that you've seen uh, to your business as a result of the pandemic? Now, the obvious one, I guess, is the growth in scale and the number of things being delivered. But what else is there? Um, well, we're very, you know, our people are, are at our core and their well-being as well. Um, as soon as the first original lockdown happened, we changed our delivery methods. So it's contactless, obviously no customers touching the PDA unit. Um, delivering so you have to just open your door slightly step away the parcels put down we take a photo of it and sign it off so straight away we put those measures in place um, our resource you know we were already not prepped for obviously lockdown but we um, look at growth the way we structure our routes our drivers and our depots we have an element of capacity to you know, deal with any uplift um, because we, we deal with that anyway in bank holiday weeks, our peak periods. We have a large uplift for a short period of time, and we need that flex because you know our brand. You know, all of our drivers and our staff are brand ambassadors. We don't advertise the business. Um, you know, our vans and our people do that. You know, and that's so important. So. We want to make sure it's it's DPD that they're wearing on their T-shirt, you know, not typically sometimes third parties don't carry that DNA and that importance of how to do things and doing them the right way. You know, our we are more expensive than our competitors to our customers, but they pay that because they expect the highest service, you know, the, everything that comes with it, the op the delivery options, the in-flight options, you know, we are the, I don't know, in the waitrose of, of deliveries, you know, if you want to put it up there in supermarkets, maybe the waitrose or Marks and Spencers, um, you know, we, we are the premium brand and that's where we want to stay. And it's our people, you know, it's our people that make the difference. They're the ones delivering to the doorstep. They're the people that you see. You don't see the people sat behind desks, you know, yeah. behind the, behind a laptop so yeah that's the importance really sort of dealing with those people having the flexibility and the adaptability of volumes you know increases yeah i mean a lot of those challenges actually uh, i guess are similar uh, for, for podpoint as well uh, we're immensely proud of our installer network with the, the podpoint experts as we call them because those mm -hmm. are the people our customers meet yeah. indeed they don't just show up at their door they go into your home and start putting wiring in and uh, and doing sort of minor building work so yeah getting that element of the business right is is absolutely sort of common between our, our two operations and i want to thank you for getting the contactless signature thing going because uh, that was the last thing that we couldn't get going in the in the in the first lockdown we indicated well you know, dbd can do it surely there's a way and we managed to work with them to get that to get that moving which is which is very very helpful and um, what would you say if you had to pick one thing uh, has been the biggest challenge to dpd um from the uh, covid19 situation um oh that's that's a tough one uh, i think uh with the, the second lockdown that's happening, well, should happen on Thursday, I think the biggest challenge is to come. Look, we were going to see the biggest ever peak period, mm -hmm. um, which is Black Friday through to Christmas Eve, you know, that we'd ever seen. In fact, back in May, we had our busiest ever volume day ever in the history of DPD in May, you know, not at the Christmas period, it over 
it eclipsed anything that had happened prior. So I think with the second lockdown now and people will be moving back even more towards e-commerce, you know, deliveries, I think the biggest challenge is to come, you know, it was going to be tough, you know, um, dealing with those volumes and potentially we're going to see even more now. So, you know, we want to uh, have a successful peak, not to let down our customers or the consumers, you know, and we're going to have to work extremely hard to, to fulfill those objectives, definitely. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Um, I wish you the best with that one. That, that, that could be quite <laughs> Thanks, Yeah. So yeah, I guess one of the other things we saw, particularly, I guess, early in the coronavirus lockdown, was a, an, an increased commentary on environment, environmental issues. That there was a lot of air quality good, et cetera, things like that. Do you think that, uh, you know, it's a big unknown, I guess. Do you think that will sustain? Do you think we're going to see stronger environmental commitments as a result of this? I would love to. Um, there's part of me that really, really wants that to happen, but there's also a, a bit of a cynic in me, James, um, and politicians like to talk, but then there's a lot of other things to take into account. Um, you know, Boris Johnson was due to announce that the phasing of um, ICE petrol diesel vehicles was going to be reduced down to 2030. Um, and I believe that was yesterday, but I can understand why he hasn't announced that because he's got a lot of other things to deal with now. Um, I'm glad you touched on air quality because we actually implemented an initiative called Project Breathe back in August. Um, mm -hmm. We fixed uh, sensors on 100 of our vehicles in central London and 20 fixed locations at our pickup shops, and they monitor uh, 2.5 p.m., which is the particle matter that yeah. comes out of emissions, tyres, brake discs, yeah. all, all this type of stuff. And it's so fine. It's finer yeah. than human hair. And it can actually, you know, penetrate the lung membrane. And there's studies suggesting that it can cause horrendous uh, things like brain cancers and, mm. and whatnot. So we are monitoring the air quality in central London using our electric fleet and these pickup shops. Um, and we're at the moment talking to the, the mayor's office and the T TFL, et cetera, to actually provide this information to them. And it, it's a group initiative. DPD is a European-wide business. Um, and we've already rolled Project Breathe Out in Paris, uh, Madrid, and Lisbon. And in Lisbon, it actually the information and the data helped shape some of the planning uh, by the local government, you know, wow. to prevent hotspots of pollution, et cetera. So, you know, it's a big thing. We're rolling it out in Birmingham in January as well. So, you know, this, and, and we're not charging people for this data. Mm. You know, we're doing this because we're utilizing the resources we have in the area to actually provide information to make, you know, the, the air quality uh, better in, in that area. So, yeah, really important uh, uh, piece, really. Re and actually, that's probably one of the most proudest things that I'm, uh, you know, I, I think it's amazing to be able to do that and, and to give it free to, to try and help local communities have be better air to breathe. So, yeah, really important. Yeah, that, 
That's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, in, in terms of the 2030X um, um, phase out, etc., uh, we did. We were lucky enough to have Natasha from Olev uh, on a previous electric insights, who talks about the challenges they're trying to balance in, in, in terms of that. But uh, yeah, I, I think that announcement is relatively imminent. We're told, but we don't know when exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out what that, that's going to be. But fingers crossed, it could be. It could be. Uh, yeah, um, sooner than some people might expect, but we will find out. Um, I'd like to just uh, leave, a, uh, leave you to sum up, Oli, um, on a, a final kind of question. And, and why do you think it's so important for delivery companies to become more sustainable? Now, I noticed you're a man with a very global focus, uh, just judging by the wall behind you. Uh, <laughs> very haunty. And, and apparently so is Australia. Uh, the look at that. That seems to be a very bright colour on your, on your map. Uh, but why do you believe that, it, uh, that delivery companies uh, must become uh, more sustainable? Um, I think it's not just delivery companies, is it, James? I think everyone needs to make a difference. Um, I'm at an age where I've got an eight-year-old daughter, um, and this is one of the truly motivating factors of moving into this position. Was that was, I, sometimes uh, you read the news and what's happening, and let's face it, it's, the news isn't typically all uh, smiles and you know happiness, uh, sadly. Um, and you read that, and this is even before COVID, and I just thought we you know, need to make some changes. And um, I was representative on our working group, our CSR working group uh, for the network, and, and that's one of the pathways that I came into this position. And, um, you know, we've been advocates of electric, you know, using electric vehicles for some time now. Um, we were probably a little bit slow at first, you know, but DPD, I always say we don't run marathons, we sprint them. You know, we, we, when we've got our mindset on something, we deliver. And like you touched on, we hit our, 12, um, our 10% um, five months early. But we really need to push it. And, and, you know, with the fourth box that we've implemented, the UK's leader in sustainable delivery. Well, leaders, it doesn't mean about conquering all the other people in the industry. It's also, you know, we want to be ahead of everyone. We want to be the best, you know, but leaders show the way, you know, and hopefully, and I know other people are doing certain things, but, you know, we need to move forward. We need to shine the light ahead so people can follow that. It, it, yes, at the moment, typically the vehicles cost more, but, you know, we can make it work, you know, and we can, and, and that's another thing that the cost, the upfront cost of the vehicle is more, but actually the running cost of it is typically cheaper. So when you look at the total cost of ownership, it isn't actually as far off as you think. And that's where people get very hooked up on the outlay of the original you know, cost of the vehicle, not the other side of it. So that's something else that people should be looking at. But it's just really important to make our difference. Do we, you know, I want a better future for my daughter. I'm sure people want for theirs or, or for people that are a bit younger than me, they want a brighter future as well, you know, and we need to make a difference. It's, you know, within our grasp and we can't just keep looking at or putting it off. This is why I actually do want Boris Johnson to say 2030, you know, is that great for the business? Well, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but if you don't put your flag, you know, in the sand and sort of stay and 
specific date and be ambitious about it, people are just going to let it drag on and on and on. <laughs> you know, we really need to push this. The time is now for change. And we're showing people that that's possible to the point where, where we've actually put out that we will deliver zero emissions, 25 towns and cities across the UK by 2025. So our fleet will not be 700 vehicles. We're talking about close to 4,000 EVs mm. in the next few years. So, you know, people have got to be ambitious and, and be brave. You know, it, it, we're not going to sort this out by, you know, not really being ambitious about what we can do. You know, we push it and then hopefully with that, more people do that. There's more pressure on the government to put through legislation. There's more pressure on vehicle manufacturers to provide availability to these vehicles. There's more support about rolling out charging networks, you know, and we need that that pressure, you know, and then we'll, we'll get there, hopefully in all of our lifetimes, you know. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Ollie, thank you very, very much indeed for your time. I have no doubt you are extremely busy uh, for some of the reasons you, you've alluded to. So thanks again uh, very much for your time today. Thank you, James. Cheers. Bye. Bye.